This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Fine Tuning with Drew Taylor, your one-stop shop when it comes to animation news and commentary. I'm entertainer writer Jim Hill, and Mr. Taylor, whose writings on the industry you can read regularly over at The Wrap, and whose musings on the Mission Impossible movies you can listen to on the Light the Fuse podcast, he and I are recording this week's show on Friday, February 17th, 2023. By the way, Drew, February 17th is National Random Acts of Kindness Day, and the day that the show actually goes live online, February 21st, is both National Pancake Day and National Sticky Bun Day. And as a diabetic, I think my random act of kindness is I'm going to pretend that I never heard about February 21st being Pancake Day and Sticky Bun Day. And hopefully my blood sugar. Sticky Bun Day, like, like a Cinnabon type Sticky Bun? I think if we're doing a family-friendly show, yes, Drew, that okay, is okay. that is what we're talking about. So, all right, all right. Anyway, well, how, how was your week? What did you do? Oh, it's great. Mm. You know, I just uh, worked like crazy, mm. and uh, now we're at the end of the week. And so, mm-hmm. Jim, when when recording a show with you is kind of the a, a reprieve <laughs> from the madness. You know, things are really screwed up. You know what I mean? Yes, there's something wrong there, Drew. Okay. <laughs> anyway, folks, lots of animation news this week, so let's get to it. And as always, the news portion of this week's fine tuning is brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. For a worry-free travel experience every time, please book online at storybookdestinations.com. Okay, Drew, I don't need to tell you, you live out in L.A., we're deep into award season now, three and a half weeks out from the actual Academy Awards ceremony. Uh, official voting for this year's Oscar begins on March 2nd and then formally ends on the 7th. And what's weird about this period now is, is it true, do they, do they believe that, you know, these sort of secondary awards, you know, how films do ultimately influences how people vote for the oscars you mean all the like technical guilds and all that that's stuff? it exactly yeah yeah i'm sure that you know people have amazing ways of figuring out who's actually going to win based on certain awards and oh it picked up a sag nomination mm-hmm. but it didn't do mm-hmm. this you know but yeah it's just it's just fun to watch that all kind of play out well the Visual Effects Society held its 21st annual VES Awards earlier this week on, on Wednesday, February 15th, and that was at the Beverly Hilton. And to the surprise of absolutely no one, James Cameron's uh, Avatar The Way of Water dominated, uh, took home an unprecedented nine awards. But because this is an animation news podcast, uh, Drew and I are here to talk about that aspect of this year's VES. And uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio was the most honored animated feature at, at this year's event. It took home the trophy for best animated feature and also won in a couple of side categories. Uh, it took home the award for outstanding visual effects and animated feature. Likewise, uh, the outstanding animated character in an animated feature. Uh, that last award was specifically for the title character in Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. 
Tokyo, and also uh, took home an award for Outstanding Created <laughs> Environment in an animated feature. In this case, it was for the, the inside of the stomach of a sea monster. I would have said that the, the Death's Little Room would be my favorite set from that movie. But yes, well, that was a good one, too. The monster's belly. Was. Yeah. Now, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, didn't walk away empty-handed. It also took home a VES award for outstanding effects simulations in an animated feature. And I still feel like... This year's Oscar battle, at least when it comes to animated feature, is is still shaking out to be a, a showdown between Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio and, and DreamWorks Animation's Puss in Boots. And, you know, I think you were talking about that last week, that this Joel Crawford film seems to really have a lot of people going, that's good work. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard that from many people. Okay. Um, yeah. I got to. I was at DreamWorks last week talking to Joel again, mm-hmm. and there's just so much goodwill around the mm-hmm. movie, and I, I think it has a real, a real chance. Well, the next set of tea leaves that get to be read, uh, those come on Saturday, February 25th. That's when the 50th annual Annie Awards gets underway. That the voting is going on now. It started on February 10th. Uh, it's being held online. It will wrap on Sunday, February 19th. And there's 37 categories. This is television, this is gaming, this is feature film. But it'll be interesting to see how Puss in Boots does this time around against Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, because this is largely the professional animation community that's voting on this, right? Yes, and I think we know that Puss in Boots might take these Mm -hmm. awards because... DreamWorks has a has a controversial history of making every single one of its employees mm-hmm. join this guild so that they can vote for the, whatever the DreamWorks movie mm-hmm. is that year. Okay. So, yeah. Right. You know about this, No, right? no, no, absolutely. But it just, I think what's different this time around is I think a lot of people do, in fact, believe that Puss in Boots, The Last Wish deserves some recognition. Uh, uh, just a bit more Puss in Boots news, folks. Last Wish, the digital version of this Jill Crawford film, will be available to purchase the day the show goes live. That's Tuesday, February 21st. While the physical version of this DreamWorks animation thing, which will be available in uh, 4K Ultra HD, uh, Blu-ray, and DVD, and will come with an all-new short as well as deleted scenes, uh, that hits store shelves on Tuesday, February 28th. And... While we're talking about DreamWorks Productions, can we please talk about this live-action version of How to Train Your Dragon that literally just got officially announced over at Universal? Sure. What do you want to talk about? (laughs) Okay. First of all, Dean Dubois, who co-directed the first film in this animated trilogy with Chris Sanders and then helmed the two follow-up films in this animated series as Solo. Uh, he's back as the writer, producer, director of this live action, How to Train Your Dragon. And we trust Dean, right? We like Dean. We love Dean. Dean is the best. And and I will say that Dean is still working on an animated movie right now, too. He has not totally given up animation. Oh, I did not know that. Um, okay. I cannot tell you where he is making that movie, but he's making a movie. So Okay. okay. Yeah. And he's wanted to make a live action movie for so long. Mm-hmm. He really... 
he sold a bunch of scripts, some really he cool did, sounding scripts. Like ba- the Banshee, um, right? Wasn't that one of his? Or uh, there was the Banshees and Finn McGee. There we go. Um, there was a psychological thriller called The Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. There was something called Sightings, mm-hmm. which I think would have predated Stranger Things in terms of that Amblin-y type mm-hmm. adventure story. So he's really wanted been wanting to do live action for a long time, and I'm glad he's finally getting to do it. With a property he knows so well. Maybe they'll let him kill off the Kate uh, Blanchett character this time. Or make her the villain, uh, unlike in the animated one. Katzenberg's nowhere to be seen, Jim. Uh, another Christmas card last year coming up. This is literally Universal taking DreamWorks animation and doing what Disney has been doing with its animated features since 2015. That's when the live-action version of Cinderella arrived in theaters. In fact, it was it was eight years ago this week that Kenneth Branagh film cost $95 million to make and then went on to make over a half a billion dollars worldwide, and the mouse never looked back. And by the way, folks, if you want to read an absolutely amazing story about these very same films, the the Disney live action films that that come from the animated features. When did you do that piece? That that was like a year or so ago, right? You read- it was it, no, it was it, it was before Aladdin went into production. Really? So it was it was a little while ago, okay. but it was it, it's it's me and Sean Bailey kind of talking about the uh, approach, it, right? Yeah, and it is an absolutely fascinating piece. That wasn't for the rap, though, was it? Or no, that was for Vulture. Definitely seek that one out, folks. So anyway, back to the live action uh, How to Train Your Dragon, which has a March uh, 14th, 2025 release date already locked in. And in that exact same window of time is when Epic Universe is supposed to open in Orlando with its very own How to Train Your Dragon land, which I have to assume is based on the animated films, not the live action. But... I really love the very first How to Train Your Dragon. And and the other two are good, but the first one is almost a damn near perfect movie. I just don't want Dean to f*** this up. Sometimes a live action film based on an animated film takes away from the, the, the animated film. And I don't want that to happen because I really, really, really like the story of Hiccup and Toothless and still dying to see what, what he could do with this and and as drew just pointed out this is a guy who's who's been aching to get into live action forever so and i guess what better property to step into the live action world than something he knows like the back of his hand but speaking of of live action versions of animated films hollywood reporter reported just today that zach galifianakis is supposed to play a role in disney's live action version of lilo and stitch do we know anything about this role? That yeah, not... if you read my write-up on the rap, you'll learn who he plays in the Lilo and Stitch. Because I had this scoop 10 days ago. Okay. And Disney said, wait on it. And then Hollywood Reporter beat me to the punch. But... Okay, please tell me. Please tell me. He will be by. playing Pleakley. Pleakley, really? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I can go with that too. You thought it was going to be Jumba? I thought, you know, it was either one of those two. Uh, that's all I wanted. And it's like, yes, okay, yes. I don't get Jumba. I, I just, I wonder who they're going to get to, because David Ogden Steyer's, you know, vocal performance there was 
just so much fun. But he'd be a good Pleakley. Uh, though I do feel bad for Kevin McDonald, because to be honest, he's a great Pleakley. He is a great Pleakley, but we got to separate this, Jim. It can't be... It can't be Lion King. It can't be. Mm-hmm. We're just bringing everybody back, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it. I think it's a good choice. And um, Dean Fleischer Camp is an excellent filmmaker. So I yeah. was about to ask you about that because I. I mean, when I saw that, reaching out to the guy who did Marcel the Shell with shoes on. That's a great choice. Yeah, and he's been working on it for a little while. So it's it's nearing the start of production. Mm-hmm. I think um, just based on on me catching up with him over the last few months during the Oscar race. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh it's full steam ahead, Jim. I can't wait to see what they do with it. This, this has a real opportunity to be something different and I hope they let him do that. Oh, okay. Well, cool, 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 cool. All right, please put me on speed dial. I want to know when you know about Jumba. Okay. I will, I just, I will okay. let you know. <laughs> All right. Speaking of the live action Disney things, we got our, a teaser trailer for The Little Mermaid. I guess it went out into theaters attached to Ant-Man of the Wasp, Quantum Mania. You'd like to talk about Flounder, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, yeah, I actually don't know where the... This was a 30-second long tease yeah. as part of the 100th something mm-hmm. something. Yep. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably a Super Bowl spot that they ended up just not paying for uh, okay. and putting online. So... Mm-hmm. But there's this one shot of flounder that has been all over Twitter because it is pure nightmare fuel. I'm I'm sure you've seen this still, Jim, of him jumping out of the water. I think you and I are are in different social media channels because all I've been seeing is that tenth of a second close-up of Ursula's eyes. The darkest image you've ever seen in your life. No, that's it exactly. You know, just enhance, enhance, enhance. And it's like, okay. All right, I promise after I finish this show, I will go in search of the flounder, but it really is nightmare for you. Really? Uh, yeah, it's a little it's a little weird. I mean, we <laughs> saw him in the in the part of your world sequence, but you didn't get a good look at his face. This one <laughs> shot is just like <laughs> it's pretty weird. It's pretty weird. But I just <laughs> talked to Rob Marshall a week or so ago about the <laughs> anniversary for the anniversary of Chicago, and he <laughs> he said he's nearing completion. It's been, you know, four years of his life that he's been working on this. And he's very excited to finally get it out. So, had they actually started production when the pandemic shut everything down? I mean, I, I want to say they'd built sets and and that sort of thing, but yeah, they had to walk away for months, right? Yeah, it's it's it'll be an interesting story when the movie comes out about what went on during that production because, you know, Henson de- designed puppets that they used on set as stand-ins, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stuff that we'll, we will talk about, I'm sure, in the next few months. Related okay. to Little Mermaid, yeah. All right, good. All right, and while we're, we're continuing along this line of live-action versions of animated films, in this case, we're talking about stuff that, well, at least started uh, on the stage. And I remember last year, we were talking about the live stage version of Hayao Miyazaki's Academy Award-winning Spirited Away and how it had been mounted in Japan and then filmed and I got all excited and <laughs> you broke it to me gently that like Jim that's only going to be shown in Japan it's it's not coming stateside <laughs> you know cool your jets well <laughs> as it turns out just last week it was revealed that G Kids has acquired the US distribution rights evidently there were two performances of the stage version of Spirit Away that were filmed. And on each night, a different young actress played Chihiro, the young girl that powers that story. So we don't have an official release date other than it will be in theaters sometime this spring. 
But if you want the full Spirited Away experience, the stage version, you're going to have to go back twice to, to see both performances with a different actress playing the Chihiro in this thing. Well, yeah, and I think they'll both be out on a Blu-ray release, too, sometime this year. Um, Ooh, they've okay. both been available on Japanese, base, various Japanese streaming services since Christmas last year. So, Ooh. yeah, this uh, we're a little late, but we're I'm excited we're going to get to see it. Okay, same thing here, same thing here. And and speaking of getting to see it, Nancy and I have not purchased our tickets yet, but Disney's Hercules started performances at the Paper Mill Playhouse in New Jersey last night, uh, February 16th. It continues through March 19th with the official opening of this production on March 1st. And... I went over to all that chat on Talking Broadway, the musical fan site. What's amazing about the folks on all that chat is like the the, the night that a, a show goes into previews and that sort of thing. They've got somebody there and they're they're back sharing immediately. And so far, no Hercules news. So very much looking to hear because again, this is the first production since that that one that was done at the Public Theater in Central Park back in 2019. So yep. And that one had the cast of 200. This one is closer to a cast of 20. Well, I think this is one of the ones that's built for the road show performances, right? So they say. So they say. Though, I remember talking with the folks at Disney Theatrical. And, for example, when they did Newsies, it was literally because so many colleges and high schools had done illegal productions of Newsies that it was like, look, we need to create a version of the show that we can license that then can be performed at high schools and colleges and and you know ended up being this huge success played on Broadway two and a half years went on the road and make buku bucks for Disney so that's kind of also the same business plan here with, with Hercules the notion is we need an official licensed version so we can then turn around and go to the high schools and go to the colleges who write to Disney theatrical or excuse me Disney on Broadway uh, all the time and say, hey, we want to do Hercules. Do you have a script? So anyway, going from going the distance to going to a galaxy far, far away. When Drew and I get back from this break, we are going to talk about some animation related Star Wars stuff. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owners racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Before we get to talking about Star Wars Vision Season 2, uh, Drew, you wanted to talk about, well, well, first of all, we've got that great-looking trailer for The Magician's Elephant. That, that's Netflix, right? 
Yeah, it's Netflix in March, and it's the mm-hmm. first Netflix movie. Why? Why I think it's worth talking about is it's the first Animalogic production mm-hmm. since Netflix bought them, and they think they have one more. Oh, Lou, the uh, the Adam Sandler lizard movie that they previewed a few weeks ago is there also mm-hmm. a uh, Animalogic production. So yeah, the Magician's Elephant looks really sweet. It's got a really nice look, and it looks very magical and. The trailer is out now. Yeah. I agree. Seemed to have a lovely story hook with a, a boy who's willing to do anything to reunite with his sister. So looking forward to that. On the other end, all right, talk to me about the Digman trailer. Yeah, I don't know what to make about the, the Digman trailer. It's obviously, they've tried so many animated shows from the South Park lead-in, and this mm-hmm. is yet another adult animated series on Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. And it's Andy Samberg is sort of playing a adventurer type guy. It's got a great voice cast, but mm-hmm. I wasn't super enthralled by the animation. How did you feel? How many shows have we seen go into that spot that just didn't take? But on the other hand, when it happens, when that audience gets behind you, well, of course, we're, we're kind of waiting to see what happens next with Rick and Morty now. But yeah, I mean, in that space, in that time, when you hit, you hit big. So it is Andy Samberg who's done some great voice work for animation. So should we remain cautiously optimistic, Jim? Is that where we're netting? There out we go. Okay. okay. Have I have I have I been wishy washy enough with what I'm, I'm saying there? So what I I love about the age we live in now is when you you have a giant film that is you know going to arrive in theaters soon. You look for unique ways to promote it. So uh, let's talk about this Super Mario Brothers plumbing commercial. Oh, yeah. I thought that was so cute. It was, I think, a pre-Super Bowl spot. Mm-hmm. And it was just them. It was an ad for their plumbing business. And mm. I thought it was really funny and, and clever. And they used the music. And I thought, what did you think, Jim? Anything that puts you front of mind that isn't, come see the movie, come see the movie, I get behind. So this is this Comcast, which owns Universal, which owns Illuminations, which owns theme parks. So, you know, I'm sure you saw this week when they did the official grand opening event for Super Nintendo World, who, who makes an appearance there, but Chris Pratt, the voice of Mario, you know, from the Super Mario. Oh, Game I was World. there, Jim. I saw, I saw you really? Mr. Pratt oh. with my oh. own two eyes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I assumed given that, you know, you got in there so early. Yeah. Oh, so you, you went back for the actual grand opening. How cool. Yeah. Katie hadn't done Mario Kart, so we went and, you know, and? the first... She liked it a lot. I mean, of course, you know, when the fireworks went off, my first thought was, oh, my God, my dog is freaking out because we live so close to Universal, you know, but everything was fine. We had a great time Um, seeing uh, Shigeru Miyamoto was really special. That was the highlight for me. Mm -hmm. And then people like Brie Larson were there because she's like a Nintendo ambassador as is Chance the Rapper. And so Mm -hmm. it was it was a it was a true mixture of Universal and Nintendo personalities in one mm-hmm. kind of like one package so yeah well, cool. everybody well, was no, there I, and, I, yeah. i'm so glad you got to do that holy cow okay yeah. what's kind of interesting of course about super nintendo world is a highly themed environment and what's interesting is of course the yardstick these days about highly themed environments are star wars galaxy's edge and by the way drew you could speak authoritatively because you were there during the construction phase and you got into the land what do you think? 
about uh, Mario Land in terms of... I would argue that there are three rather spectacular themed lands there. I mean, you obviously have the Wizarding World of Harry Potter up at the top of the hill, but equally good, I think, is uh, Springfield, USA, the Simpsons land. In fact, what's for me, what I've always found fascinating is how that land effectively acts as a berm for the Wizarding World. But now here's Mario, and how does it stack up, do you think? I really love the the land. I think it's really well done, and the ride is really unlike anything you've ever done before, mm-hmm. like in a genuine way. But yeah, it's going to be a little, it'll be interesting to see how people respond. Um, mm. I really am curious how many people they can cram in there because it's mm. really, it's really tight quarters. But I'm very impressed, and I think that the continued transformation of Universal Studios Hollywood, which was referred to by the the president of Universal Studios there we go. at Mark, the event. Mark yeah. Woodbury, yes. Okay. Yep. It was also nice to see a lot of faces that have recently been dismissed uh, at the event. Like oh. uh, Mr. Hightower, Mr. Koo were there. And it was really? like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, it was me kind of walking through the crowd like this, Jim, trying not to, uh, <laughs> trying not to make myself, but... Okay. Yeah, I think it's really great. And, you know, you and I are kind of privy to some some things that are happening down the line at, at Hollywood Studios. But what's mm-hmm. great about Universal is, like, it's mm-hmm. not going to be six years. You're going to no. see this transformation no. very quickly yeah. um, with yeah. some very exciting projects that are really going to put put this park on the map in a really fun way. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait. All right. We had promised we'd talk about uh, some Star Wars animation-related news. So, you know, these days, because it's Disney, you know, that they're trying to do Star Wars Cradle to Grave. So first we have Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures. That's going to debut on Disney Plus and Disney Junior. It's aimed at the preschool, grade school, and their families' audience. That drops on May 4th of this year. But on that very same day, we get... Star Wars Visions Volume 2, which is a follow-up to the original Star Wars Vision, which debuted in the streaming service back on September 21st, 2021. And I was confused, Drew. I actually had to go back. I thought, wait a minute. Was was that Disney Plus Day, which last year they moved that to September 8th, but we got drilled into our head when the channel first went live that Disney Plus Day was, what, November 12th? So I I don't know who I'm supposed to be saluting at this point, but we got nine shorts in 2021. Again, we're getting nine shorts in 2023. But what excited you was just the number of animation studios that are taking part in this from all over the planet, right? Yeah, I think there there weren't as many uh, studios the first time around, and they were all Japanese animation Mm -hmm. studios, Mm -hmm. which was great. All true. Mm-hmm. And I think that what's really fun about this new batch mm-hmm. is that they are from around the world, mm-hmm. that we have a, a much bigger concentration on European studios, mm-hmm. and as well as, the, you know, there's still some still some anime in there mm-hmm. as well, but a uh, Mexican studio, which is super exciting. Mm-hmm. And we, we should go down the list, Jim, because this is great. Let's start then with, the Sith. What excites you about that one? Well, Rodrigo Blas wrote and directed this, and he is 
from Troll Hunters. He's an absolutely amazing guy, and mm-hmm. this is one that's animated by the the Spanish the Mexican studio El Guiri, mm-hmm. and yeah, I can't wait. This is going to be amazing. And then you know the next one, Jim Screechers Reach. Yeah, from our favorite place. Our, there from we our go. Favorite pl- yeah, Cartoon Saloon. You know, Cartoon that, that, Saloon. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting year for the folks there because face it we just got uh, my father's dragon over at netflix and of course we had wolf walker what was it the bafta that it managed to take home this past year even though it was released in what 2019 2020 again award susan always confuses me but again i'll always love to see stuff from, from cartoon saloon so can't wait to see what they do in the star wars space yeah it's gonna be great Okay, moving on now to In the Stars. Yeah, so this is from a studio called Punk Robot that Mm -hmm. is a Chilean studio. Mm -hmm. It is in Santiago, Chile. Mm -hmm. And they do really amazing stuff. And I think this is also going to be really exciting to have another sort of Latin American Mm -hmm. uh, flavor for this collection. And uh, yeah, so the next one after that, I Am Your Mother, Jim... We got another favorite of ours right well, no, here. No, that's it exactly. That Ardman, and it, I'm sorry, just that title and the fact that Ardman is doing it. This sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, and I don't know if you follow Peter Lord on Twitter, Jim, but he said because you know Ardman has done other types of animation. They've done CG mm-hmm. animation in the past. Mm-hmm. They are capable of all sorts of things. But mm-hmm. Peter Lord said this was shot at the Ardman Studios. So this is going to be a stop-motion Star Wars Vision short. So Wow. Okay. Cannot wait. Yeah. Okay. This makes me happy. Yes. Continuing on down the list, we have Journey to the Dark Head. So this is from Studio Mirror, which is a Korean animation studio, and they're responsible for a little animated series called Legend of Korra. I don't know if you've heard of it, Jim, oh, but okay. yeah, oh. they've all, they also did the Boondocks and mm-hmm. uh, Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beast as well as Voltron. So they mm-hmm. are another amazing studio, and they're going to give us that anime flavor. They do they do Harley Quinn for HBO mm-hmm. Max, so. You know, Ooh, it's okay. very, it's okay. very exciting, Jim. Not, yes. Now suddenly this this moves up the list. Wow. Yes. Okay. Well, all right. And, and but moving down the list, we, we we now have the Spy Dancer. Right, and people need to know why they should be excited about this because mm-hmm. it is written and directed by uh, Julian Cheng mm-hmm. from Studio La Cachette. And if mm-hmm. you don't know what Studio La Cachette is, that is the animation studio behind Gendy Tartakovsky's Primal. AKA one of the most beautiful and visceral animated series maybe ever. Mm-hmm. So if this one is not on your list too, Jim, put it up higher because mm-hmm. it's going to be awesome. And didn't I just see that Primal Season 2 is Blu-ray DVD fairly shortly? Right? Yeah, I think in the spring or summer it's coming out on Blu-ray. Yeah, which put it next to the other one. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we continue on down the list here. We have the Bandits of Golak. Yeah, so this will be uh, the for 88 Pictures is, is behind this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're an Indian uh, animation company that is really exciting. And I think that so this will be the first Indian animated installment of Star Wars Visions. Ooh. Okay. And yeah, 
cannot wait to see all these different perspectives, Jim. I'm just so excited. I'm so excited by these. The original set of Star Wars Vision had so many unique looks and so many different story styles and that sort of thing. I mean, th- this was already on my radar, but but to hear you talk about the individual studios that are involved here it makes it that much more exciting. And toward that end, we now approach the pit. The pit. So this is one by D'Art mm-hmm. uh, Shajio. I'm going to just mangle that. This is a Japanese mm-hmm. animation company. But it says in conjunction with Lucasfilm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what that means exactly, but maybe I don't know if ILM is involved or what, but we'll see if there's like a kind of mixture of styles or something here. But yeah, very, very exciting. And then Ara's Song, which is the the last one. So Triggerfish did this and they are a South African slash Irish company that have done a lot of stop motion too. So mm-hmm. we haven't actually gotten confirmation of what the animation style is, if it's traditional animation, if it's stop motion. But yeah, another very exciting kind of global perspective on Star Wars animation. And yeah, cannot yeah. wait. I think okay, it's going to so- be great. And you know, there's, there also we should say that there, recently an Art of Star Wars Visions book came out. I saw that, yes. For the uh, first season. Yeah, that that came out November of last year, I want to say. That, yeah. That, yeah, it's it's definitely on my, you know, the next time I'm in Barnes & Noble to snag a right. copy. All right. Uh, well, again, folks, reminder, all of these, all nine of these shirts drop on May 4th, Star Wars Day. I will say, Jim, if you are going to Star Wars Celebration in March, I think mm-hmm. the chances of you seeing some of these are pretty good. Oh, interesting I'm point. I'm just going to put that out there. Okay. That's go. that's in yeah. London, though, this time around, right? Or Oh, it is in London, governor. <laughs> Got a Star Wars celebration we do. Come on over. Wow. Okay. Uh, oh, uh, well, we're talking about season two of Star Wars Visions. It's worth noting that season two of Star Wars The Bad Batch, we are now nine episodes in. Crossing just aired earlier this week. Retrieval, uh, the 10th episode of the season, drops Wednesday, February 22nd. Uh, With the season finale, two-episode programming event happening on May 29th. While we're talking about Disney Plus-related stuff, I want to point out the first six episodes of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur are now available for viewing over at Disney Plus. And I don't know if, if you got to see any of these, Drew, but God, it's a great looking show. It's got some really great writing, some really strong voice acting. It's a charmer. I, I really hope that this finds its audience. And speaking of charming, I'm getting to the party very, very late here because this is a film that actually got uh, nominated for an Oscar this year for Best Animated Shirt. But have you seen The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse? I regretfully have not, but I saw that Glenn Keane was doing something with it. There we go. Recently in LA. He was, yeah. No, it is such an amazing piece of hand-drawn with some CG elements, but it's illustration on the page quality level for animation i was just kind of startled and it's just it's genuinely charming i mean it's just i'm honestly hoping at this point that this gets the recognition it deserves on march 12th when it's oscar time but again knowing drew there's another film that that you hope gets some some recognition at oscar time a a, a certain top gun maverick perhaps yes hmm? 
I'm feeling good about it, Jim. I'm feeling good. Yeah. Marching up to the Academy Awards. Are, are you guys over at Light the Fuse? Are you pivoting at all to do some Light the Fuselage shows? Or what are you going to do? Well, we're waiting to hear. I think everybody's so exhausted from the Oscars, but we're going to try to snag some people. Um, but we don't have anybody confirmed yet, so I can't okay. say anything. But All right. All yeah. right. Well, if you're not listening to Light the Fuse, the wonderful show that Drew does with Charles Hood, you are missing out on so many great behind-the-scenes Hollywood history stories. And, and if you're looking for podcasts to listen to, we have some other shows here. We, of course, have Disney Dish that I, that I do with Len Tesso. We likewise have Marvelous Disney I do with Aaron Adams. And Brian Gunn and I are, you know, got looking at Lucasfilm up out of the ground again. So... Beyond that, I do the show with Drew because I, I so enjoy listening and hearing to what this guy has to say. And if and if you're not following Drew on social media, you're missing out on some genuinely fun stuff. So can you tell the nice folks where they can find you on social media? Sure. It's Drew Tailored, like a tailored shirt at Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. So go over there and have some fun. I don't know what I'll be doing. Okay. Probably sharing some articles and talking some junk. That's basically <laughs> okay. that's what I do, Jim. All right. And we also do the social media thing. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram is Jim Hill Media. And over on Facebook is Jim Hill Media News. Let's say beyond that, uh, if I could ask you a favor here, folks, if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and rate well, not just the show you're listening to right now, fine-tuning, but also light the fuse. That would be helpful to myself and Drew. Um, and if you really, really, really like what you hear here, if you head over to Bandcamp and subscribe, well, that'll make it possible for me to go buy a copy of Star Wars Visions, the art of book. So I think that's going to do it for this week, Drew. Here's hoping that you and Katie have a, a lovely President's Day weekend. Just be wary of National Pancake and Sticky Monday. And I, I guess we'll be back soon. <laughs>